Good morning. Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Michael. Thank you for joining us, whether you're inside here or if you're out in our parking lot or listening to this later on um, through our podcast or our call-in number. Uh, Today is the 12th Sunday after Pentecost, um, and I'm going to throw it over to Lisa, who's going to tell you about uh, some announcements and stuff going on. Good morning, everyone. I hope all of you have survived this long week. Last week, of many of you probably had no power, so hopefully most of you are restored by now, and have we have that air conditioning back, and all those little things that we really miss, don't we? Um, Some announcements: We're collecting school supplies for the children going back to school, and. Um, looks like office hours are Mondays 9 to 12, Tuesdays through Thursdays from 10 to 1. So if you could drop off some school supplies. And I know Clinton is going back early this year. They're going back before Labor Day. So we probably want to have those supplies here before that last week of August if we can. Um, we're still collecting pop bottles. That's going really well. We thank you to those that are helping to get those returned for us. That's a great help. Uh, The fundraising committee is looking for someone to help. Uh, We want to do a fall festival booth, and I don't know if it's been decided what to do, but we would like somebody to help organize that. So if you would be interested, um, they really would like to know today so that we can get signed up for that and and get moving on what, what ideas we have. The plastic caps we're still collecting, but please rinse and clean them. Luann has been working really, really hard, and she's even been taking them home now and running them through her dishwasher and, you know, putting a lot of work into that so we can get that bench. Uh, The cookbook, we're still looking for some recipes, so if you have some to share, let Linda know, um, or you can email them to her. Her email is there in the bulletin. Garden help, if you want to get out and get some vitamin D, come on over on Tuesday mornings at 9.30 and help Lucy out in the garden. Uh, Let's see, for upcoming events, well, probably you already know that we were not able to have our rummage and bake sale this last weekend because we did not have any power here in the church. So what we're going to do is run that sale this coming week, Wednesday through Saturday, Um, still nine to four, right, Linda? Yep. And then we're going to pack everything up on Monday the 23rd. So if you want to help, come and help this next weekend. And if you baked cookies, maybe you want to bake some more, because I don't know what you did with yours, but I sent my stuff to work with my husband. So (laughs) Um, let's see. Line dancing, farmer's market we're still doing. The ice cream social for the August 26th, we decided to cancel that. August 29th, we're going to do a blessing of the backpacks, and looks like we're going to have a lunch after worship with hamburgers, hot dogs, and ice cream for everybody. And Sunday school is almost here, so September 12th, we will be starting that again. Something for the little ones to look forward to. And let's see, I have a couple of thank yous here to read to all the members of Clinton United Methodist Church. Thank you very much for all that you did to make Faith's celebration of life so beautiful. I love all of you and am so grateful to know all of you. You are all such a blessing to this community. Love, Diana Quigg. And then we received this letter and I've a little confused by it. Um, I've checked with a couple of people. (laughs) Nobody seems to know. So if you know anything about this, we received a thank you from the Catherine Cobb Safe House in Adrian, thanking us for groceries that we donated on June 1st. So whoever did that, thank you. Um, So that's, that's that. Let's see. I think that is all of our announcements for today. Okay, I guess we will start our worship time now. So if you'll join me for our call to worship. In the midst of war and division, 
we wait for God. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. God's mercies never come to an end. In the midst of devastation and loss, we wait for God. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. God's mercies never come to an end. In the midst of change and uncertainty, we wait for God. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. God's mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O God. Now, if you'll please join me for hymn, Oh, How I Love Jesus, number 170 in your hymnal. opening prayer for this morning. God of our salvation, we thank you for the gift of faith. We thank you for all those who have taught us the good news. Kindle in us always this gift, this good treasure, that we may live the life to which you have called us, according to your purpose and grace. We pray in the name of the one who abolished death and brought life to light through the gospel, our Savior Jesus Christ, amen. Our next hymn is the Old Rugged Cross, number 504. That old 
affection for me. For the dear Lamb of God left his glory above to bear it to the Calvary. So I'll change. seated. If you would please join me in our prayer for illumination. Holy God, through Christ Jesus, you bring the light of the gospel into our lives as grace revealed. Help us to guard this treasure and to share it with others too, so that the faith that has lived in our ancestors and now lives in us may come to life in every new generation. We pray with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning is from Habakkuk 1, verses 1 through 14. The prophet's complaint. The oracle that the prophet Habakkuk saw, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not listen? Or cry to you, violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law becomes slack, and justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous, therefore judgment comes forth perverted. Look at the nations and see, be astonished, be astounded. For a work is being done in your days that you would not believe if you were told. For I am rousing the Chaldeans, that fierce and impetuous nation, 
who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not their own. Dread and fearsome are they, their justice and dignity proceed from themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards, more menacing than wolves at dusk. Their horses charge, their horsemen come from far away. They fly like an eagle swift to devour. They all come for violence with faces pressing forward. They gather captives like sand. At kings they scoff, and of rulers they make sport. They laugh at every fortress and heap up earth to take it. Then they sweep by like the wind. They transgress and become guilty. Their own might is their God. Are you not from of old, O Lord my God, my Holy One? You shall not die, O Lord. You have marked them for judgment, and you, O rock, have established them for punishment. Your eyes are too pure to behold evil, and you cannot look on wrongdoing. Why do you look on the treacherous and are silent when the wicked swallow those more righteous than they? You have made people like the fish of the sea, like crawling things that have no ruler. The word of God for the people of God, and you say, thanks be to God. Before us is a world in great need, waiting in hope. We are a people holding treasure meant to be given away, the good news of Christ, resources of time, talents, and money. If we are to participate in God's steadfast love and mercy, we must give sacrificially to the needs of God's people. We will now collect the offering. Gracious God, you are good news for a weary world. You are hope for people in despair, and you are home to exiles. Accept, we pray, the offerings we bring this day. Use them according to your own purpose and grace. In Christ's name we ask it. Amen. You may be seated. Now would normally be the time I would invite our youth and children forward. However, uh, this past week, uh, AJ and DeAndre were uh, exposed to someone who had COVID as recently as Thursday morning um, and were not 
sure if there's anything going on there. Our whole family is actually getting tested this afternoon, so to be on the safe side, uh, we're going to skip our youth moment this morning because I don't want to uh, take the chance of getting any of our little ones sick. Um, but I will try and make it up for you next time. They can still come up later for suckers. Yes, you can still come up afterwards for suckers. Um, if you would join me now in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. <clears throat> if you turn to the last two pages, of your bulletin, you can see our prayer requests. Uh, we have continued prayers for Fred and Char after their car accident. Um, Fred has a broken neck and paralysis is still a concern there. He is in Wisconsin, um, but maybe being flown to St. Louis. Um, I was not here this week. I don't know if anyone had an update on that. Um, but p uh, please keep them in your prayers. Um, Continued prayers for Wilda and Paul. Uh, continued prayers for Wilda's healing and strength for Paul. Um, and again, they are uh, would love some visitors. Just please call first. Um, continued prayers for David's mom, Sonia, who had been hospitalized for a few days after fainting. Uh, she is home, but there's follow-up that is needed. Uh, continued prayers for Dottie's dad, George. Uh, he is in rehab in Chelsea. Um, and prayers that he will recover quickly and be able to return home soon. Um, continued prayers for Nancy Warren, uh, who is at Gaslight Village Assisted Living in Adrian. Oh, she's here today. Sorry. I'm sorry, Nancy. I don't think I've gotten to meet you in person before. I tried to come see you the one day, but you were at lunch, and then I didn't get a chance to make it back. So um, we are very happy to see Nancy here this morning but you can still go visit her too. Um, continue prayers for Dee Warner, um, who is uh, still missing since April. Um, continue prayers for David Spencer's neighbor. Uh, she's a single mom with two young children. They had a house fire and lost everything. Um, continue prayers for Laurel, um, the daughter of a friend of Richard's. Uh, she has been uh, battling an eating disorder and severe depression, and she is only 14 years old. Um, I also want to ask for prayers for um, the helper at the camp we were at this week who uh, had COVID or has COVID and who the boys were exposed to, um, as well as some of the other families. Um, I'm aware of at least one other uh, clergy and child who are uh, quarantining right now because they are starting to show symptoms but they have not been tested yet so um, if you could keep all of them in your prayers as well and of course everyone who is still without power um, in Michigan and in other places um, for our prayers of the people this morning um, we did this either last week or the week before where it was kind of a call and response um, so when I say, great is your faithfulness, I would like all of you to say, oh God, we hope in you. So let's give that a try. Great is your faithfulness. Perfect. All right. Let us pray for the needs of the world, saying, great is your faithfulness. Oh God, we hope in you. Okay. God of grace and God of glory. You care for the whole earth. Even now, you are reconciling all things to yourself. We thank you for the ancient grace given in Christ Jesus before the ages began. As age has succeeded age to this present day, your grace is with us still. We rely on your power for all things. Great is your faithfulness. 
O God, we hope in you. We bring before you now the cares of the world. We pray for people enduring the devastation of war and oppression from enemies. We pray for cities and for public life that has suffered destruction and ruin. Bring restoration, we pray, and an end to conflicts that divide and destroy. Great is your faithfulness. O God, we hope in you. We pray for nations and peoples undergoing turmoil and struggle. Return us to your ways of justice and truth. Give us compassionate hearts and resolute spirits as we work to repair community and offer solace where now there is no resting place. Great is your faithfulness. O God, we hope in you. God of tender mercy, you hear the cries of the one who is suffering, of the one trying to recover, of the one who has been hurt by another, of one at risk in a complex and impersonal system. Enfold each one in your steadfast love. Take special care of those who do not or cannot cry out, but wait quietly in hope. Give voice to those who should not wait quietly Empower them with strength and support all around. The powerless one who suffers abuse. The one who is lonely with no one to help. The one who wanders homeless among us unnoticed. The one carrying an old burden, a silent grief, or an unvoiced fear. With the gift of life given in the soaring light of your gospel, abolish the daily death they bear. Great is your faithfulness. O oh God, we hope in you. We pray for your church so in need of healing and reconciliation. Rekindle, us the sincere, rekindle in us the sincere faith of Christ and make us willing and faithful servants. In unmerited grace, in startling new mercy, you chose to call us not servants but friends. You have opened to us a place at your table of grace. We would be good stewards of your grace and glad of the company you call us to keep around your table, which is larger than we have yet imagined. In gratitude for the bread and cup you share, we will honor you by sharing our bread with others, by offering without reserve the cup you bless. Great is your faithfulness. O oh God, we hope in you. In the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. We turn to God in praise and prayer, not from a position of power and strength, but from the broken edges of our lives, from the broken edges of the world and the church. We offer our prayers of confession, trusting in the one who is reconciling all things. If you would please join me in our prayer of confession. Merciful God, we confess that the world suffers because of our sin. We use power against others for our own benefit. We misuse the natural resources of the earth in carelessness and greed. By our habits and apathies, others are subjected to desolation, even despair. Forgive us for making enemies and exiles of those you call us to love and serve. Forgive us for laying waste to the landscape of creation. Forgive us for being complicit in causing others to grieve and to wander without rest. We wait on you, O oh God. We hope in you. You alone can restore all things, even us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Please take a few moments now for silent prayer and confession. Beloved children, God in Christ Jesus grants us grace, mercy, and peace. Let us hold to the sound teaching of the faith that God has the power to save us and has given us grace through all the ages. We receive the treasure of faith entrusted to us 
with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now, if you'll please join me for our affirmation of faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our next scripture reading is from Psalm 10, verses 1 through 13. Prayer for deliverance from enemies. Why, O Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In arrogance, the wicked persecute the poor. Let them be caught in the schemes they have devised. For the wicked boast of the desires of their heart, those greedy, for gain, curse, and renounce the Lord. In the pride of their countenance, the wicked say, God will not seek it out. All their thoughts are, there is no God. Their ways prosper at all times. Your judgments are on high, out of their sight. As their foes, they scoff at them. They think in their heart, we shall not be moved. Throughout all generations, we shall not meet adversity. Their mouths are filled with cursing and deceit and oppression. Under their tongues are mischief and inequity. They sit in ambush in the villages. In hiding places, they murder the innocent. Their eyes stealthily watch for the helpless. They lurk in secret like a lion in its culvert. They lurk that they may seize the poor. They seize the poor and drag them off in their net. They stoop, they crouch, and the helpless fall by their might. They think in their heart, God has forgotten. He has hidden his face. He will never see it. Rise up, O Lord, O God. Lift up your hand. Do not forget the oppressed. Why do the wicked renounce God and say in their hearts, you will not call us to account? The word of God for the people of God, and you say, thanks be to God. Our next hymn is Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus, number 514. Bye. 
be seated. <clears throat> Our third scripture reading for this morning comes from the book of Judges chapter 6 verses 11 through 27. This section of scripture is titled The Call of Gideon. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Azurite as his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. Gideon answered him, But sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our ancestors recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has cast us off and given us into the hand of Midian. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. I hereby commission you. He responded, But sir, how can I deliver Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manish, and I am the least in my family. The Lord said to him, But I will be with you, and you shall strike down the Midianites, every one of them. Then he said to him, If now I have found favor with you, then show me a sign that it is you who speak with me. Do not depart from here until I come to you and bring out my present and set it before you. And he said, I will stay until you return. So Gideon went into his house and prepared a kid and unleavened cakes from an ephah of flour. The meat he put in a basket and the broth he put in a pot and brought them to him under the oak and presented them. The angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened cakes and put them on this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord reached out the tip of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened cakes. And fire sprang up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened cakes. And the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. Then Gideon perceived that it was the angel of the Lord, and Gideon said, Help me, Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace be to you, do not fear, you shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day it still stands at Ophrah, which belongs to the Azurites. That night the Lord said to him, Take your father's bull, the second bull seven years old, and pull down the altar of Baal that belongs to your father, and cut down the sacred pole that is beside it, and build an altar to the Lord your God on top of the stronghold here in proper order. Then take the second bull and offer it as a burnt offering with the wood of the sac sacred pole that you shall cut down. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord had told him. But because he was too afraid of his family and the townspeople to do it by day, he did it by night. This is the word of God for the people of God. And you say, thanks be to God. <clears throat> Please join me again in an attitude of prayer. Holy God, all of us have questioned you in some way in our lives, whether our perception of your action or inaction we have all fallen to this imperfection. Gideon, too, displayed this imperfection, but was able to overcome it, and through your action defeated the Midianites. 
Through your holy scriptures, may we learn from Gideon's story and emulate the obedience that he showed you. And now may the words of my mouth, meditations of our hearts together in this place, are pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. A few years back, the churches I was serving at that time held their vacation Bible school, and one evening, they learned about the story of Gideon. The theme for uh, VBS that year was Beach Party Surfing Through the Scriptures. And the children learned a beach bee attitude. This beach bee attitude was be obedient to God. And while their lesson focused on Gideon being obedient to God, they also got to see how Gideon was challenged by his own imperfection. Because before Gideon was obedient to God, he questioned God. So this morning, as we continue in our sermon series, No Perfect People Allowed, we are going to dive in for some more depth into Gideon's story. Questioning God, huh? That sounds kind of serious to me. I don't know about any of you, but the thought of questioning an all-powerful deity seems like a potentially bad idea. We are told to trust in God, put our faith in God. And here, Gideon questions God. Isn't that like some kind of, like asking for some kind of punishment or at least severe scolding? Maybe even God walking away? Look at what has happened all of the other times that people have questioned God. So I did. I spent time this last week looking for examples of when people had questioned God and what happened to them. And do you know what I found? Only one person seems to have received any kind of of punishment or reprimand. Can any of you guess who it was? Once? Twice? Okay. Well, it was Zechariah, as in Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. Luke chapter 1, verses 18 and 20 tell us that Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure of this? My wife and I are very old. The angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in God's presence. I was sent to speak to you and to bring this good news to you. Know this, what I have spoken will come true at the proper time. But because you didn't believe, you will remain silent, unable to speak until the day when these things happen. So because Zechariah questioned God, he is made to be silent until his son John is born. Nine months of quiet. That's a long time not to be able to talk, especially at that time where Zechariah was the head of the household who was responsible for making important decisions, providing income and other duties. Can any of you imagine not being able to speak for nine months? Now, his wife Elizabeth might have enjoyed it. See, he couldn't speak, so he couldn't really argue with her or say no to anything that she wanted. But what about all the other people who question God. Moses questioned God's choice of him to lead the people out of Egypt. Exodus 4 reads, but Moses said to the Lord, my Lord, I have never been able to speak well, not yesterday, not the day before, and certainly not now since you've been talking to your servant. I have a slow mouth and a thick tongue. Then the Lord said to him, who gives people the ability to speak? Who's responsible for making them unable to speak, or hard of hearing, sighted, or blind? Isn't it I, the Lord? Now go. I'll help you speak, and I'll teach you what you should say. But Moses said, please, my Lord, just send someone else. Now it does say later on in that scripture that God became angry with Moses, but he doesn't punish him. In fact, instead, he appoints Aaron to assist him and help him. 
That's it. He doesn't strike Moses down or make him unable to speak or see or walk or anything like that. No, he provides him with the resources he needs to accomplish what God has called him to do. So let's go back to Gideon now. In our third scripture reading, starting at verse 12, it says, The Lord's messenger appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But Gideon replied to him, With all due respect, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Why are all his amazing works that our ancestors recounted to us, saying, Didn't the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and allowed Midian to overpower us. Wow. I think Gideon just called God out. This wasn't like Moses saying that he, he himself was unworthy of God's call to him. Gideon outright says that God abandoned the people. If there was ever a time that someone had questioned God and deserved some form of of punishment or reprimand, I would think it would be right here. That takes some serious gall to say something like that to God. And yet God doesn't punish him. Instead, if we continue on at verse 14, it says, Then the Lord turned to him and said, You have strength, so go and rescue Israel from the power of Midian. Am I not personally sending you? But again, Gideon said to him, With all due respect, my Lord, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manish, and I am the youngest in my household. Seriously? This kid just did it again. So now, he has not only questioned God once, but twice. And he's still standing and breathing. God hasn't struck him down with a lightning bolt or anything like that. No, instead, we continue reading where it says, The Lord replied, Because I'm with you, you'll defeat the Midianites as if they were just one person. And then Gideon said to him, If I've gained your approval, please show me a sign that it's really you speaking with me. Don't leave here until I return, bringing out my offering and set it in front of you. The Lord replied, I will stay until you return. I'm going to be honest, Gideon is getting to be a real pain. First, he questions God, not once, but twice. And now he's asking God to wait around while he goes and finds a bunch of stuff. God's busy. Let's get moving. Now, if we would continue reading on to the rest of Gideon's story, we would find that Gideon does kind of calm down. And he becomes obedient to God and what God has asked him to do. Later on in the passage, beyond just our section of reading for today, God tells Gideon to or I'm sorry, in our reading, and before the end of it, God tells Gideon to go build this altar and tear down an altar that was built to Baal, another uh, deity that people were praying to, including some of the Israelites. And then we have another small bump in the road. Gideon does it, but he waits until dark because he's afraid of his family and the townspeople. And then further along in the story, beyond our reading for today, we have another bump in the road. This time, he wants to make extra special sure that God really, really, really wants him to lead the people against the Midianites. And see, so this time, he asks God for another sign, this time involving a wool fleece. And I won't get into details, but he asks God to do it twice. If this story isn't a perfect example of the patient God we follow, I don't know what would be. Even reading through all of this as I was preparing this message, I was starting to get frustrated and annoyed with Gideon. I remember thinking to myself, dude, let's go. Now we get to the part, though, that really floors me. 
After begging for all of these signs, questioning God so many times, we finally get to the part where Gideon has the army. And God starts to tell him there are too many people in the army, and Gideon needs to send some of them away. Gideon started with 30,000 troops. And after talking with God, a little back and forth, he is left with just 300 troops. That's 1%. He lost 99% of his troops. Yet in this instance, he doesn't question God once, doesn't even bat an eye. So I guess he's back to being obedient again. And he does follow every instruction that God gives him to overthrow the Midianite army. He takes the 300 soldiers with their trumpets and their lanterns in their jars, and they surprise and terrify the Midianite army to the point that chaos ensues, and Gideon and his 300 soldiers are victorious. Gideon, while imperfect in his questioning of God, still was used by God to do something absolutely amazing. And it may be even more amazing than some of the other people that we've talked about already. This wasn't about the battle. You see, by God making the Israelites successful in the battle with just 300 soldiers instead of their 30,000, the people came back to their faith in God. They saw how God alone was responsible for the victory and how God was with them. There's no reason that 300 of them should have been victorious outside of God's hand. They return to their faith from before. They give up their faith in other gods like Baal. Through Gideon, God brought the chosen people back into faith and relationship with God. And it seems, as I alluded to earlier, that questioning God is, is not something all that new in Scripture. We talked about Moses and Zechariah, and there are many, many other stories of people questioning God or God's action or inaction, etc. If you read through the book of Psalms, you will find lament psalms that, in their own way, are questioning God. And today... Well, today we still question God, probably much more often than we might care to admit. We are all faulted with this imperfection, whether we want to own that or not. How many times have we heard someone say something like, why would God let this happen? Now granted, it is usually during a time of grief or great despair, but we see it in television and movies, people questioning God. And it seems like it always happens the most around times when we are angry or hurt or upset or challenged by the lack of control or perceived control that we have in a situation. Now, during that vacation Bible school that I was telling you about, those children learned about the need to be obedient to God. And in Gideon's story, we see what kind of outcome can happen when someone is obedient to God. So why is it so hard for us sometimes? Why do we struggle to be obedient to God? Especially when the potential for the outcome can be so great. Why can't we fully trust in God? Why can't we give everything over to God. Is it because we don't think that we hear God's voice the way people used to in the stories in the Bible? Or maybe because we don't think we are visited by God's messengers to tell us what God needs us to hear? Is that even true, though? 
Do any of us think in our world today that God is silent? Now, I cannot say that I have ever felt that I heard a voice coming loudly from the sky start speaking to me. But I can say that I believe without question that I have heard the voice of God. I have heard it in those children at that vacation Bible school, as well as in our children and young people during the time when I talk with them. I hear it when we sing hymns. I hear it when other people pray aloud. I hear it in the words and the voices of others. God is not silent. And while I don't think that I have ever seen or spoken to an angel, what we typically think of when we read or hear messengers of God, I do believe I have spoken with many of God's messengers. I think sometimes God uses those people in our lives to speak to us as God's messengers, even when we don't realize it. I have heard some of the most helpful, profound, loving, and powerful words come from the lips and mouths of people in my life when I have needed to hear them the most. So yes, as humans, we are imperfect, and we, we question God sometimes, just like Gideon did. We're sinners. We suffer from the human condition. But God still loves us. God still wants to be in relationship with us. God still asks us to be obedient to God, to listen to God's voice and God's messengers, however they may present themselves to us in this life. I believe very strongly that God will use the method to speak to us that we are most likely to hear. And it's different for every person. I do not believe that I have ever heard a loud, audible voice come from the heavens, but I know people who do. I don't believe that I've ever spoken to an angel, but I can't really prove that. And a messenger of God can come in many forms. When people think of angels, they tend to think of, of a creature that looks a lot like us with wings and a halo and a harp. Could be. If you read some of the descriptions of some other angels in Scripture, they're terrifying. But if God's way of reaching you, the best way that God thinks God can reach you is through something like that, like an angel coming on a fiery chariot, well, buckle in. God's going to do what God's going to do. Because God wants you to hear what God is calling you to do. One of the most powerful things that I learned when I was in seminary was from a classmate of mine who was a member of the United Church of Christ. Now, in the Methodist Church, we have our tagline open hearts, open minds, open doors, um, amongst a few others, but that's kind of our big one. And in the United Church of Christ, one of their primary taglines, if you will, is God is still speaking. And it's true. We just need to listen and try our best to be obedient to God and to what God is calling us to do, imperfect though we may be. Because if God calls us to something, God will equip us to do it. Amen. For our closing song this morning, we will be using the praise song by Matt Mayer, Because He Lives. Um, if you would like, feel... Actually, that's what we had last week, wasn't it? I think this week we have Aaron Shushed, My Savior, My God which is what's in your bulletin. So we're going to go with that assumption. So I'm pretty sure we had because he lives last week.
We'll find out very soon. Um, but if you would like to stand during this song, you are invited to sing with it, whatever uh, you might be feeling in this moment.
Beloved children of God, fulfill your holy calling by serving God and serving neighbor, neighbor without thought of reward. And hope always in God, through whom all things are possible. And may the steadfast love of God be upon you. May the grace of Christ Jesus our Lord be within you. May the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit uphold you now and forevermore. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Amen.